The ideas, procedures, and suggestions contained within this podcast are not intended as a substitute for consulting with a medical professional. All matters regarding your health and fitness require medical consultation and supervision. Welcome to the Warrior Wellness Podcast, a podcast for military members, veterans, and first responders focusing on fitness, health, nutrition, and biohacking. Our mission with this podcast is to introduce America's heroes to lifestyle habits and hacks that will help them live healthier, happier lives, and in turn, be fit enough to continue their support of their communities and country. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Warrior Wellness Podcast. Today I'm sitting down with Frank Molinar. Frank is a leading authority in financial readiness, and he provides training to those with a military mindset. Through his work with the Department of Defense, Arizona's Attorney General, the Arizona Department of Veteran Services, and multiple veteran service organizations, he has personally logged over 4,000 hours giving general counseling service for service members and veterans from all ranks, stages, and issues, and he has spoken to tens of thousands on the principles of financial readiness. He is a speaker, a storyteller, and a certified financial planner. He is a seasoned business owner, and he has a brand new book that we're going to be talking about. But his book, his keynotes, and workshops are consistently rated five stars for being relevant, educational, and motivational. His new book is called Financial Dominance, Your Battle Plan for a Richer Life. I love the book title. So... This is a super important uh, topic when it comes to everyone's health. We all want financial health, right? So a part of our health is financial health. We need to be well in our finances so we can be less stressed. We can sleep easier, all the things so we can live a healthy, carefree life. So I hope you enjoy this interview with Frank Molinar. Introducing the new Fireteam Whiskey Fitness and Nutrition app. Everything you need to get fit and lose weight right at your fingertips. Choose from hundreds of fitness videos and fitness plans. Search for workouts by fitness level, equipment available, or body part focus. Choose from several nutrition plans and customize your macros. Your entire fitness, nutrition, and wellness plan all scheduled on your calendar. Text a trainer anytime for tips, tricks, and motivation. Achieve your fitness and health goals with the Fireteam Whiskey app. Go to www.fireteamwhiskey.com to get two weeks of results for free. Well, Frank, thanks so much for joining us on the Warrior Wellness Podcast. And I, I like to, on occasion, quote people, I, I quote you um, for specifics and then kind of have you expound upon it. So I found a quote on your website and it said, money isn't everything, but it touches everything. Mastering it is essential to building richer lives, ready warriors, stronger families, and happier veterans. And that is too important to be boring. So let's start there. I'm sure some people seeing the topic of this podcast would be like rolling their eyes like, oh, I don't want to think or talk about money. But you argue that this is actually a pretty interesting topic. So let's just start there. Fantastic. I do argue that it's an interesting topic. It can be exciting. Um, 
but traditionally it is known for being kind of eye glazing, boring, just dry material. And that's a, a big push I'm trying to get away from simply because it's too important. You know, in the, in the military, I've discovered there's a lot of people who are very generous and they're not very, not very greedy, which is saying two different things. So when they, when I talk to them about the idea of building wealth, they almost have a reticence to that. It's like, I don't need to be wealthy. I don't want a ton of money. But then I ask them, well, what do you want? And then we hone in on that. And that's the kind of life you define what a richer life is. And then we can build it from there. So don't get tripped up on a word like finances or wealth. Just ask yourself, are you moving in the direction you want to be? Are you building the life that you want? Or are you just getting by and making a living? When you frame it in those different in that perspective, it gets a little bit more interesting. And then, of course, I have a lot of fun just stripping out all the jargon completely and going into this battle plan metaphor and kind of capturing your training, the listener's training, and making it relevant to their finances in a way that they've never heard before. But it's not everything. Money isn't everything. Money can't buy happiness. You can have a lot of money and be very unhappy. But money touches every aspect of our lives, our relationships, our self-esteem, our productivity, every aspect of our life gets better when our finances are not in some chaotic mess where a lot of people are, unfortunately, with their finances. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, just to add a little anecdotal caveat to that, um, you know, we, I travel full time. Um, we've been traveling for the last two and a half years. And you know, I never before, I, I, I mean, I knew it was a, an issue because I've worked, you know, with military members embedded in units for so many years, but I didn't realize how, um, how prevalent and how prominent the um, homeless veterans issue is. And we actually, in our um, travels, we keep a huge basket and we have just kind of essentials. We have, you know, food, protein bars and water and and socks and, you know, and warm clothing and things like that. And anytime we, we get a chance, we stop. And I always, you know, try to strike, strike up a conversation and learn their names and, and, you know, kind of find out a little bit about their background. And so many times they are veterans and it, it's, it's heartbreaking and we do what we can to help, but, you know, this is obviously an, an issue that touches a lot of veterans lives you know, and you can't help but to think, you know, if, if they maybe had a, a little bit of an extra start, you know, when, when it came to their finances, you know, all of their other issues maybe would be able to be resolved a little bit easier. You know, that is kind of the foundation. When you're living on the street, you have a whole lot of other, you know, uh, <laughs> a backpack full of, of problems that go along with that. So this is very relevant. And, and, you know, we don't, we don't have to be afraid of being a homeless veteran, but we, we certainly want to focus on how can we, you know, give the gifts of, of experiences and, and having a comfort and, and that kind of stress-free um, existence when it comes to money issues. Yeah. So some of the best times I have are when I get to do the counseling for the um, Arizona Department of Veteran Services here. They're people that are homeless or at risk of being homeless, they're veterans, and they're getting about to get six months of assistance. They stagger the assistance, so it's not all up front, but over the six-month window. And it's fascinating because, one, there's so many of them there, 
but it's also fascinating that how recently some of them had been making really good money. And just through struggles with their own PTSD, with some other medical issues or addictions and things like that, things just spiral out of control quickly. And uh, it's, it's just a great time because you, they come in complete crisis and they're there because they have to be, because I'm one of, the, <laughs> one of the criterias to getting the assistance, but they leave engaged, excited with an action plan and they can't wait to get started because there's always room to improve. It's, it's never hopeless. I know a lot of times it feels hopeless to people, but it never is. And that's the message I'd really like to communicate. Wherever you are, you can do better. Yes, there's always hope, you know, that, that that's the key. And, you know, I, I'm sure you, you come across this all the time is, you know, can you talk about the stigma associated with about talking about finances? It just seems like, especially American society, you know, other countries are, are even more so, you know, taboo, but, you know, what, what is the stigma, you know, how do you address it? Why do people not like talking about finances? That's a great question. I think there's three things in polite conversation, not all conversation, but in polite circles, it's religion, politics, and money. We avoid them like the plague. <laughs> and, and the first two, we kind of understand why, you know, deep rooted feelings and uh, th those can get hard to navigate. But money, I suspect it has to do partly with embarrassment, um, insecurity, lack of confidence, and then the whole comparison, comparing one another to each other, the whole keeping up with the Joneses, these old mindsets can be very limiting and make people want to kind of stay away from that conversation, which is sad because there's so much good that can happen in that. And there's so much bad because then everybody talks about their crazy schemes and their different ideas, and that doesn't help anybody either. But the conversation around money, honest, thoughtful, engaging conversation, is one of the best things I think we could have because money reflects our values, doesn't it? Money reflects what's most important to us. And so if we're talking about the things that are most important to us, adding in the layer of finances is not a bad thing because that's how we support those things. That's why we want to get wealthy. We want to be good with our money. It's not so we can have more than you have or extra toys. It's so that we can cherish the values, the things that we love the most, and we can protect them and see them nurture and grow. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, when it, you, you said something, I want to expound upon that a little bit about investment. And, you know, I always say this to my clients on the, on the nutrition and, and fitness side of things. And then, you know, on the behavioral health side of things, when I was an embedded mental health provider in military units is, you know, that that's the complaint, right? Oh, I don't, I can't afford, I can't afford to get a gym membership. I can't afford to buy healthy foods. I, you know, I can't afford to do your program. So, um, you know, and I would always say, well, no, hold on. You most likely can afford it. Let's, let's be real here, but it's just, you're not willing to uh, make it a priority to invest that money and time into this. It's not important enough to you. Let's look at what is important in your life. What are you spending your money on? You know, that you have to have the brand new iPhone every six months that costs like $3,000. Well, 
that is your priority. That is important to you. So apparently that's more important to you than losing the 20 pounds you need to lose. So it is about balancing priorities and, and, you know, and being a mental health provider, that can be pretty ego challenging, right? We can kind of, it can kind of get our hackles up, right? Like, well, you know, we don't want to kind of face that, that look in the mirror of, well, gosh, yeah, look what I have been spending my money on and look how it's reflecting my values. That can be pretty hard to look at. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit like getting naked in front of somebody. You're exposing everything. This is where I'm spending my money. These are the values I really have. These are the things that really, uh, it's, it's can be humiliating, embarrassing. It's important that that's done in a safe spot in a, in a place where it's encouraging and you know, you're going forward from there, but yeah, you can tell a lot by somebody's values by looking at their, well, checkbook registers don't exist anymore, but by looking at their spending patterns. Exactly. And, and I think you, you probably agree with this. This is how, because of the stigma, you know, associated with mental health and with, you know, health and body weight issues and body image and finances, this is kind of how people dig themselves really deep without getting help. You know, it's almost like they have to reach kind of rock bottom before they actually get some help on these things because of the stigma associated with it, because of the hardness, you know, that the challenge to the ego and the embarrassment involved in coming forward a little sooner and saying, gosh, I, I'm, I'm not managing my money. Well, I kind of need some help on this. Yeah. I was, uh, uh, delivering a brief out of Davis Montha down in Tucson. And this, this tech sergeant interrupts me halfway through. It was during their lunch, lunch period. And she said, you know, how do I long day, frustrating day. I'm just hungry and I'm going home. How do I prevent myself? How do I deal with that impulse that I want to just pull over and get some fast food so I don't have to worry about dinner and don't have to deal with it when I get home. And I countered, well, how do you stop an alcoholic from drinking? You said it, you have to get to a point where I'm done. I'm, I'm done with the existence that I've had. I'm determined. I want to build something better. You got to have the motivation. The motivation isn't there. It's not enough that it's a good idea. People don't get good with their money because it's a good idea. They don't get good with their fitness, their mental health, because it's a good idea. They only get there when they really want it. And so our, our job is kind of what to lead the horse to water, put out the salt block, throw some oats in there, try and get the thirst going, try and paint the picture of what the, what's possible. And the possibility with people's finances this was something I really enjoyed learning as I started working with the military because it was just a pure consulting, counseling, educating format. There's more possibility than people understand. There, there's more potential than they've ever dreamed of. I've had the real pleasure of telling several people, you know, because I asked them, what is your motivation? What is it you're looking for? And then we start laying a path to get there. And then I had the pleasure of telling them, so as you can see, you're going to have a problem down the road. You're going to have to dream a little bigger. Because your potential is a lot more than what you just realized. And we'll get to this goal easily enough. You can see it's right in the horizon. What are you going to do then? You're going to build a little bit bigger and dream a little bit bigger and their life's going to get a little richer. And that's just motivating. That's the energy behind what we're trying to do. Yeah. And so let's, let's kind of talk about why this issue is so, why veterans, why military members, you know, of course, everybody on this planet, it has 
has to deal with finances eventually in their life, right? But why is this topic so pertinent and important for military veterans and military members? I was I was uh, being interviewed and asked that same question by a, a, a Wall Street Journal podcast, uh, your money brief, just the day before Veterans Day, it, it dropped the episode. And the very next morning, I was going to do a, a brief at a CST unit. I asked them the same question. Why is it that military people have challenges with money? Why, why does this happen? And a couple of things, I, I touched on one of them, but they brought up the same thing. You know, you're in the military, you're, you drive hard. It's all push hard, go fast. And so that mentality doesn't help with your finances. In some ways, you're hardwired to be bad with your money in some ways. And then the other experience is you go on, on base and suddenly you get a paycheck, but you don't have to pay rent. You don't have to pay utilities. You don't even have to buy clothes and your food is taken care of. So you feel like you have more money than you do. And you get a little bit more careless with the money that you have, and then things spiral out of control. Then if you're one of the, the guys and you're spending time at the, the strip club down the street, right outside the base, because they're always right outside the base, you end up with other things. Then you end up with a child. Then you end up with other priorities. And you never really got the opportunity to, or you never took the opportunity to organize your finances early. So then as they spiral out of control, it seems to exacerbate the problems and they just get really crazy. It's funny, I've, I've come to a conclusion after all this time with, with serving military members, I have a feeling there are probably more millionaires per capita in the military and veteran community than in the civilian. But I also think there's probably more homeless and there's more accounts and collections and there's more cars being repossessed. So it's a real dichotomy. You have both extremes there. I just like to help people move, fall in with this group instead of that group, you know. Fireteam Whiskey is proud to sell Zaya Athletic Wear. We love the awesome styles, amazing quick dry technology, and best of all, the price. Zaya Active is the official workout wear of Fireteam Whiskey. Go to bit.ly forward slash Zaya FTW and check out all the styles for women, men, and kids. Yeah. And, and don't you think that, you know, there's, there's kind of some societal issues as well that have kind of combined into this bigger problem? Well, first of all, I was 17 years old when I ro rose my right hand. And join wow. the military. I was a baby. So you've yeah. got babies coming in basically into yeah. the military. I mean, the average boot camper, you know, is 18, 19 years old, right? So yeah. this isn't taught in schools anymore. I know when I was young, we did have some, you know, you know, back in the day, we had checkbooks. So, you know, they they we we learned how to do a check register and to write checks and to budget and you know, all that stuff. I remember specifically having a class you know, to do, to learn these things in school, they don't teach that stuff anymore. Um, and I, I was working in a, uh, a juvenile prison and uh, we had, uh, I, I was setting up the clinical kind of uh, the, the counseling services and the, the, you know, kind of the psychoeducation um, stuff. And I specifically set up a course that the kids went through in the prison 
to learn how to manage finances. They, we had a workbook, you know, they learned how to, to do these things. They learned, you know, how money management, we gave them fake money. They would make, you know, purchases and pay their bills. So um, I thought it was important enough to, you know, include it in the life skills curriculum that I made up for these kids. But all of them across the board said, we don't learn this stuff in school. You know, and these were kind of like 15, 16 year old kids. So do you think that kind of contributes it? There's just zero education. Then all of a sudden they're making, you know, at a private, you know, E1, E2 level, you're making maybe a couple thousand, maybe a little less every two weeks. And like you said, there's no, you know, you don't have to pay for your food. You don't have to pay for your rent. You don't have to pay for your clothing. Wow. I've got more money than I've ever had in my life. And nobody's ever taught me how to deal with this. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and that you got those classes, I think is pretty amazing because I, I can remember back, my, my kids are fairly grown now and I would do junior achievement whenever I had a chance in their elementary and grade school classes and help try and teach them something about the concepts of money, but there really isn't anything out there. And it's not out there in school. It's not out there in high school. It's not out there in college so much. If you take an econ class, a finance class, you might get some of it, but here's the other thing. It's, it's in the military to a degree, but it's not out there like other training. Every other, I think every other facet of training with relating to mission readiness is very uniform, very specific and very prioritized and tactical, strategic, everything makes sense. The financial counseling and training that goes on out there right now is just a bunch of jumbled up ideas. Yeah, never make minimum payments. Yeah, put a little extra money on this. and just ideas, but if they're not coordinated, they're not synchronized, they're not prioritized, they don't make a lot of sense. And so I think the education that's out there is very limited in scope. And then the real, the real truth is that it's not really out there. It's not out there capturing our imaginations. It's not out there demonstrating what we can do. Right. And there's some work to do. Right. And I mean, and you, you even mentioned, you know, the, the kind of, there's the, there's definitely the vultures out there who are preying on this, this ignorance in our military veterans, right? And our military members, you know, the, the strip clubs being set up outside the, the gates. Next door to the pawn the, shops. Yeah, the pawn shops. I mean, you know, you can name the very specific ones that are there. You know, the the, the uh, payroll loan places, you know, they got they in trouble. Self-financed car dealers, they're all in line and they're all exactly. cousins they're all lined up right outside the gate, one after other, to to prey upon the ignorance that that they know exists in these young men and women who are 18, 19 years old, and they have a paycheck and um, you know have money to spend, so they just dive right on it. And it's ter- you know, seniors are the only demographic group that are targeted more frequently than the military, so it is a big target because they know all of that. They're young. They're immature but they also have the leverage of being able to call their commander if they don't make their payments on time and get them in trouble. And so they even feel like they have more reason to go after them. It, it's, a, it's a sad affair to see somebody fall subject to that. And it's a lot of fun to pull them out of that problem. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, we'll talk about some of the solutions and the battle plan. I love your approach. We'll talk about your book here in a second. Um, but being a, a, an embedded, you know, I worked in military mental health for 12 years 
embedded, um, you know, into military units. And if, you know, if you could ever say uh, that there's a reason for attempted or completed suicides in, in military members, the reason, you know, I would say number two on the list, number one is relationship issues, definitely. Number two would be finances. And I mean, that was across the board. And I wrote all the, you know, the reports for the completed suicides and the attempted suicides for many years in, in you know, the state of Florida. So I've seen a lot of reports and I've seen a lot of the reasons and it was, you know, always every single time, number one and number two. So, you know, we can certainly, you know, talk about how serious this is, but it really does impact your mental health when you are struggling in this area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mental health and financial health. They're very, very close. Yeah. And, and when I was working on, uh, at the joint force headquarters, we actually had our offices right next to each other. And we'd have a lot of cross pollinating between the uh, referrals. And it was always really appropriate. I don't yeah. want to elaborate too much. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I was always referring uh, my clients, you know, who were referred to me for mental health. Nine times out of 10, I was referring them to the, the military family life consultants, you know, for the finances or, right. um, f- you know, family services who had a finance person. So, yeah, absolutely. Every single time almost, I, that was one of the referrals. So, so let's talk about your awesome book. I love the, the title. So the title of your book, it's being released in January, Financial Dominance, Your Battle Plan for a Richer Life. So you promise in this book that your book is the most engaging personal finance training ever developed for military and those who appreciate them. So you set the bar pretty high there. <laughs> so let's dive in and kind of talk a little bit. Of course, we're not giving it all away. You got to buy the book, right? Um, and go out there and we'll include the link, um, especially to, you need to, I'm, I'm big into pre-ordering books because if something comes up and you're listening to a podcast and you're like, oh yeah, I'll get it when it comes out, just go on there and pre-order it. And then it'll just pop up and you'll get it when it's released. So I do that all the time. So you, you talk about this battle plan and I love that. And I love kind of thinking about financial problems as kind of the enemy and it's the enemy that's out there the vultures who are going to prey on you you know the people are going to try and take advantage of you and you know financial problems think of that as the enemy you need a battle plan for that so you create this battle plan in your book so let's talk about some of those concepts where do you want to start (laughs) wherever you want to start man what do you Kind of give us an overview of kind of maybe kind of the steps into the battle plan. I know, you know, when we, um, it, when you have a military mission, you go through, you know, your, your steps of, of preparing for the battle, right? You have, you have to make sure you have your, your ammo, your personnel, your equipment, everybody, you know, you go over the battle plan, your, 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 uh, your approach plan and, you know, and then you have your contingencies. Well, if this happens, then we're going to do this. If this happens, we're going to do this. And we got our rally point. So we have this entire plan and we get, we get briefed on it. We, we memorize it and then we go and do it. So um, is this kind of how you set this up in, in your book? As, as best as I could, the same kind of approach. Yes. It, now the, the, the battle plan, it, it covers everything in personal finance, virtually everything. There may be one outlier topic that's not in there 
is maybe as in depth as everything else is. But wherever you are in your life, this battle plan will find you and engage you to move forward. But it starts from the very basics. Uh, so without giving the whole thing away, I can just run you through the steps of this. You have to stop the bleeding, secure the perimeter, engage the enemy, build future ops, and plan the exit. That is everything from cradle to grave captured in there. Fortunately, without any of the lingo, without any of the jargon, without any of the you know crazy stuff that's hard to understand. The idea was trying to find the, trying to tap the training of the service member, the things that they know already, things that are embedded and trained because they've, they've gone on missions, they've memorized these core principles to relate those to finances. And what I found is as you relate it to finances, you almost don't even have to explain the rules. When you talk to somebody about stop the bleeding, they know immediately, whether they're a medic or not, that bleeding is not a sustainable uh, for good for a good life. It's not very healthy. It's not the thing you want to do. So when you can relate that to their finances and the, the steps that a medic would do to stop the bleeding, parallel the steps that you can do to stop your own financial bleeding, once you understand what that means, they, they're just they're easier to remember and they're easier to employ because it's part of their everyday activity, part of their everyday training. Again, you know, when you, when you learn how to be a sniper or when you learn how to use your weapons, you learn these things that are standard and uniform and everybody knows them and everybody understands them. That's my great ambition for financial dominance. I would like to change the conversation from around, I got to save, I got to have a budget, I got to stop the bleeding. I got to secure the perimeter so that we all speak the same language and we all encourage each other into the same direction. But that's how the battle plan works. We have to first get ourselves healthy, stop the bleeding so that we can have a chance of sustaining and growing. And then secondly, we have to build a position of strength. Everybody assumes, and I, and I go with this, everybody assumes that their financial challenges are the enemy. But if we really boil it down, the enemy is ourselves and our understanding of how we use our money and our resources, our debts, our exorbitant interest rates that we're paying on credit cards. Those are the symptoms of, of an enemy who's out of control, but they're not the enemy itself. So the goal is to try and fix the person's understanding of finances internally and then walk them through the, play, the steps to get ahead of this all the time. The difference in that is, is significant because if you just focus only on your debts as the enemy, as soon as you are not living check to check and as soon as you have a little bit extra money, you start trying to pay down your debts because that's the enemy and you wanna get rid of it and it's killing you and that interest and, and all that. But it wasn't that that was the enemy, it was the debtor that took those debts on. And so if you start, too soon to try and pay down the symptoms of, of your bad mistakes or past behavior, and you don't get yourself into a position of strength, it's like going into battle with an empty magazine in your M16. You know, you have this, the look, you just don't have the substance. And that's what happens to a lot of people. I counsel a lot of them, you know, I, we were doing well, I was paying these things down a little bit here and there, and then something happened, everything blew up everything goes bad. And then when it goes bad, then they're frustrated and frustrated leads to binge spending. And that leads to more guilt and everything just gets out of control. When we build a position of strength, you're controlling the destiny. It may not feel as moving as fast as you want, but you're actually moving faster because you're moving 
in ground that you don't have to give up later. And it's, it's pretty exciting. So you stop the bleed, then you secure the perimeter. Now, when you're in a position of strength, we can take a look at your debts and eliminate them permanently. Not play footsies with them, not pay them down and then charge them back up, but eliminate them completely. What happens then is, is fantastic because then you've already built the momentum. You've been reforming your own behavior. It's like you've got the juices flowing and you see what to do next. And all the money that you've just built to build your savings and eliminate your debts, you can just move that forward and start building your future. So it all dovetails really nicely together. I don't know that it's exactly like a battle plan would be, but it is a, a battle plan concept. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, it does, I mean, it, it is a mission, right? I mean, if, you're, if your mission is to, you know, to get out of credit card debt and to set yourself and your family up for success and to maybe have the things that you would like to make a financial priority in your life, you know, a, your dream house or a dream vacation or whatever it may be, um, you know, it is a mission. So you should approach it that way. And you don't just go into a mission unprepared with no plan, right? You have to, there's, there's certain steps that you take you know, follow the troop leading procedures and, you know, you plan out your mission accordingly so you can be best set, set up for success. Now, it's not 100%. It doesn't mean you're absolutely going to win the battle. But if you keep doing that, at least maybe you'll win the war. You know, you're not going to win every time. But if you're if you're preparing yourself enough and making those contingencies as well, I have a very good friend who's a who's a, a financial planner, and she always talks about you know having the emergency fund, you know, and and you know that was kind of the the emergency battle plan, you know, for, so to speak, for when things do come up because sometimes things do come up and expenses, you know, you have a you have a, a toilet that overflows and you got to replace the, you know, some flooring or, you know, your car breaks down, you got to fix that. There's always going to be something that comes up, but again, it's about preparation. Can you talk about a little bit though, how emotions come to play? You talked about kind of the emotional spending and the emotional aspect and um, how this is really tied to, you know, being successful in this area. Are you fire team ready? Try the Fireteam Whiskey Spec Ops Keto Joe Shake. The Keto Joe Shake is a medium-chain triglyceride MCT shake derived from non-GMO coconut oil. It contains 17 grams of MCT, 10 grams of high-quality whey protein, and no sugar. It's sweetened with stevia leaf, so you can keep those carbs low and shred that body fat. 25 milligrams of caffeine to give you extra energy for the gym or your busy day. Fireteam Whiskey has been supplying military members deployed all over the world with Spec Ops shakes for over three years. Fireteam Whiskey Spec Ops shakes are fueling the fight. Whether you are just trying to lose a few pounds or trying to get that extra edge in the gym, the Fireteam Whiskey Spec Ops shakes are for you. Make sure to stock up now and support our efforts to raise funds for Team RWB, our nonprofit partner that provides social support and fitness events for our nation's heroes. What you started to say it uh, a second ago, you said this is a mission. Um, when we have the conversation of, of stop the bleeding and the, the learning how to build a sustainable spending plan, a dynamic spending plan, very important that we lay hold of the motivation. Because like every other mission that you do when you're in service, somebody else is directing that. But this mission, 
must be personal. And this mission will go with you for your lifetime. It doesn't ever end. So it, we look for that and we drill in on that and we really have to define what is it that you want to build for yourself? What is that life that you want to go for? If you don't engage the motivation, if you don't engage the person's heart and soul in it, it then it's just a matter of doing the deeds and your success rate or their success rate goes down dramatically. But if it's something you really want and it's something where we, you can see that the hard choices you're making, if you're going to downsize your home, if you're going to you know, let go of that Ford Raptor and get something else that's a little bit more affordable, those, those choices have to be um, buttressed by the desire, the want to, not the have to. I'm doing this because I have a plan and it's going to get me to this point. So I like to say that every, every choice that you make to fix your finances is nothing is going backwards. Every choice is a move forward. It's, an, it's a step advancing forward and it all works together. So how you, you know, that's part of it. You look for the motivation to strengthen the emotional engagement to them. You also have to unpack the baggages. I mean, if you have a pattern of uh, retail therapy for, <laughs> that you practice for your own, you know, feel better, you have to identify those and you have to even dig back a little further and, and ask yourself, what are my first recollections of money? What are my earliest experiences around money? What did I learn from my parents? Not by just what they said, but by what they demonstrated, what they did, because that's those are the lessons that took the root, took root deeper, right? So you do want to unpack those bags. And then there, there's other little ways that we kind of help with the emotions when they're, when we're attacking the debts, when we're in the debt management, debt elimination plan, we line them up from smallest debt to largest. And the reason being, the smallest debt may have a lower interest rate or it may not. I don't care. It's the smallest debt. And if we kill that one first, that's going to reinforce the good feeling, the positive behavior. And that's going to build your momentum. So then we get to the next smallest. And then we just start rolling the momentum and keep it running. It's all very tricky. It's all very engaging. But it's a matter of being engaged with a purpose, a vision, a goal. You know, every, every great accomplishment that mankind has ever accomplished, it started with a dream. How, can, how should that be any different with our monies? Let's start with that dream. One, one gal I was, uh, I was counseling over at Luke Air Force Base, the first, first shirt said, if you want to live off base, you need to go meet this guy first. And so she was in there with her arms closed, she was not happy being there. She didn't want to talk. She had her, her little infant child with her. And she was just there because she had to be. But 30, 45 minutes into our conversation, she started to see where, you know, that I wasn't an enemy, that I was actually there to try and help her. And she finally let it out. Yeah. Well, I always wanted to be a doctor. But when I had my my daughter, I was pretty much sure that that was over. That was, that dream was dead. You're showing me that I can do that still. And she got very excited. And so then now all of her emotions are working for her instead of working against her. And so again, I, it's, it's motivation, it's desire, it's calming the stress a little bit so we can actually dig deeper to things that really matter to us and then bring those things forward. Yeah. And and, and I love that because it's, it's about, there's, there's always hope, you know, that's, yeah. that's what should come out of this is no matter how bad you think things are, 
you know, with your finances, there is always hope. There is always a way it's maybe it's not going to happen overnight. You know, you're not just, you know, don't just spend all your money on lottery tickets and just pray. <laughs> That's definitely not Please the approach don't. to take. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen by magic. You're not going to magically get some sort of crazy inheritance. You're not going to win the lottery. You've got to just address it no matter how hard it is and just start taking some baby steps forward and you'll eventually get there. And along the way, you'll see your perspective will, might change a little bit and you'll actually see that there's, there's so much more possibility here than what you thought there was. And I think we just kind of get, you know, get our blinders on and we get so stressed out and we just feel like we've dug this hole and we can't get out now. There's always a way out. You may have to have somebody throw you a rope and you're going to have to do some climbing. It's going to be hard work, but with help and with a plan, you can do it. You can you make the way out and then make the way much faster forward and, and yeah, go a lot farther than you ever imagined possible. It, you know, it's funny that that's one perspective. And then there's the other perspective. There was a, there was a fellow out in North Carolina who was came and he says, I'm scared. I'm doing okay with my money. I, I need some help. Obviously you can help me, but I'm really scared because I'm my grandmother's only heir and she has property in three counties and four businesses and it's all coming to me and she's getting older and her health is failing. And, you know, he's nervous about how to take the mantle from all of that. And it's the same conversation. Well, if you get your own finances together, if you build your own readiness, if you can make what you have now uh, structured well, you'll be prepared because you'll know the steps. It's just the numbers that change. It's just the, the details that change, but the principles are always in play. Yeah, great. Yeah, this is such an important topic. And I'm so glad that you wrote a book specifically for military members and veterans, because, you know, if you're speaking, I, I've definitely found that if you're speaking more their language, our language, I'll say, since I'm a veteran myself, um, you're we're more likely to be open to hear it. You know, so I, I think it's it's just a much better approach to to hear it in our language and to go, oh, OK, battle plan. I get it. It's a mission. You know, these financial problems are the enemy. I want to set myself up for success. I need to kind of follow the troop leading procedures and make sure that I'm I'm ready to, to you know, take on this this battle and, and win the war. So I love that. Um, again, Frank's book is called Financial Dominance, Your Battle Plan for a Richer Life. So Frank, do you have any final parting words for our audience other than go ahead and pre-order my book? <laughs> pre-order the book. If the, the website we've set up for the promotion of the book and also to engage service members wherever we can, financialdominancebook.com. So if you go there, there are links. You can go to Barnes & Noble, Amazon, any of your book retailers should have the book there. It's listed right now in print, but we're having the ebook and the audio book will be up ready by January 4th uh, before it, it rolls out. And also sign up for our newsletter. I don't send a lot of things, but we do send out tips. We do send out conversations that I've had with service members that I think are meaningful to a broader audience. I send those out. So it's just continuing ideas and continuing a bit of a remote mentoring sort of thing with the finances. So engage your monies. You know, it's all a matter of personal engagement planning and perspective. And I think, like you said, when you have an objective 
person out there to, that can draw on your training and point you in the right direction. They can give you the perspective, help you with the planning. You've got to have the engagement. You mix those three together and there's no stopping what you can do. You really will have the problem of having to build a bigger dream because we'll nail those other ones you have already and we'll eliminate those crises. That's the goal. Yeah. And for the, for the military leaders listening out there. So, you know, definitely this might be something to refer your soldiers or airmen or Marines or um, sailors to. So I'm definitely thinking of, you know, when I was a platoon leader in a unit and um, you know, I had a soldier who was just not performing well and he'd show up late and, you know, there was just something off and it, you know, few, few days went by, kind of kept getting disciplined, kept getting disciplined. And we were to the point we, where we were going to dock his pay because mm-hmm. he, you know, he just was not showing up. He was, you know, he just wasn't performing. He'd disappear. And, you know, it just, it, it's funny how you get, you get in that leadership mode and, you know, you, you want to, you want to lead, you want to discipline and you forget about the human being behind the, the uniform. And, and, you know, we finally sat down and kind of, I just, you know, I, I, had my hat on, I took it off and I said, look, forget about my rank and who I am in your life right now. I'm just begging you, please talk to me. Like what's, this isn't what you were like before. Now we're sitting here with paperwork in front of us and we're going to start taking your pay. Like what is going on here? You know, how did it come to this point? And he, he didn't talk for a while. And I I got another um, leader involved too. And finally, he kind of broke down and told us that his, you know, he, 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 his card broke down. He couldn't afford to, to fix it. He was a, he was a national guardsman. He couldn't, um, you know, so then he couldn't show up to work. So then he got fired. So then his lights and water have been turned off. So then his family is, you know, basically living, you know, they don't even know where the next meal is coming from. And this is all going on in the background and we expect him to be performing well at, at, you know, at drill at at, at annual training. And it was just like, whoa, uh, whoa, hold on. Okay. So we tore up the paperwork and we put a plan together to, to start helping him financially. You know, we took up a collection with the, with the officers to, I went with him, we went and paid and got his lights and water turned back on. We got some, we purchased some gift cards to the local grocery store that was walking distance from his house. We went and stocked up his house with food. I went job hunting with him. We literally walked in places on on foot near his house where, and we went right in and started filling out applications. He got hired on the spot, you know, so we got, took care of all of that. We had a plan in place. We got him a ride to, to, to drill. You know, we, we made sure his family was taken care of. They got referred to family services. So, and I tell you what, who was the best performing soldier for the rest of that time at annual training? Love it. It was him. So, you know, leaders listening out there, this is, this stuff is going on in the background. You may not know it, but this stuff is going on in the background. So if, if you, you know, kind of find out that you have somebody struggling at, at, you know, one of your subordinates, this is probably a a great book to maybe make a purchase for them, get it to them, 
and get them referred to the right people. And if I can add to that, I mean, you've just demonstrated the essence of what real servant leadership is all about. And I, I, I knew we were kindred spirits when I saw your podcast and your website. <laughs> but for leaders that are out there, if you have a soldier or service member who's in trouble, I, I am available. You can reach me direct, frank at financialdominancebook.com. So the, yeah, the book would be fantastic. But if they need some one-on-one -on -one conversation, reach out to me. And if, you know, if you're interested, I love to go speak. If give me three people in a room, I'll be happy. Give me 300, I'll be happy to. Um, so I'd love to come out there and visit with them and share this content with the units and then back it up with some books. And even we're hoping to develop some online course material and other things to take it a little further. Just yeah. see how far we can go. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Frank, for talking to us about this really important topic today. And definitely um, your, the links will be to the website and to purchase directly, pre-order Frank's book, Financial Dominance, Your Battle Plan for Richer Life. Thanks, Frank, for being on the show today. Thank you, Steph. It's a pleasure. Hey, guys. Thanks so much again for joining us on another episode of the Warrior Wellness Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe, follow, like, all that good stuff on your favorite podcast platform or and on our YouTube channel. Go ahead and leave us a review while you're there. And if you screenshot your review, email it to info at fireteamwhiskey.com with your name and address. You'll be entered into our drawing for a prize for just leaving us a review. So let us know what we're doing great, what you'd like to hear more about. And please go ahead and just give us a follow and give us a honest review, especially on iTunes, because that helps us reach other military members, veterans, and first responders with this vitally important information about how to improve their health, fitness, and wellness. We will see you at the next episode of the Warrior Wellness Podcast. I am your podcast host, former Army Captain Stephanie Lincoln, founder of Fire Team Whiskey. When you look good, you feel good. Guys, it's about time you threw away those stained t-shirts and those baggy, saggy shorts and upgrade your gym swagger. Zaya Active is the official workout wear of Fire Team Whiskey. Go to bit.ly forward slash Zaya FTW and check out all the styles for women, men, and kids.